Hello, welcome to Bible Marathon and it's dinner time. The word of God we believe is the best sustenance for the spirit, which is why we are taking our time to study and dine on the word of God. So, join us at the table for word dinner. Let's pray for a bit. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. We give you praise and we give you glory. Loros Enrikiti Bande Kelebato Sof Melegia Prakastele Vekias Mandrakio Tolkeveli Brahakta Sungrun Stovekipetea Ragadabaso Pronskov de Kivili Prapatekie Mandrakabaso Pro Lia Brande Benest O the Sovereign Declare Declaration and Decree of God that we sons and daughters of him. Thank you, Father, for loving us. That while we're yet sinners, you died for us. Thank you because we are part of the family by faith in your... Thank you, Jesus. We will never get tired of declaring this truth that that sets us apart, that makes us ever grateful. Lord, I just pray that as we study your word today, that we are, our minds are enlightened. We see what you want us to be. As a result of all that you have done. Thank you, Father. Jesus, man. All right. So um, this is another time in study of the word. This is word dinner. Courtesy of or under the platform of Bible. And we are in the book of Romans right now. In fact, the book of Romans, we, we've gone past the half mark already. We've gone past, we're almost like three. Yeah, we have, we've done three quarter of the book already. So I'm excited, right? I'm really, really excited for where we've gone. And I, I, I still want to encourage you, like I always do, to make it a duty to understand and recall things that we've studied before. So if we've, if we've been through Romans 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, and you have questions, you studied before with us, but you still don't know um how to go about it or you have questions please reach out like that's the whole idea of bible study so i want to encourage you to just that so we're in romans 12 i want to pray again because i want god to help me here um father just um i ask that you guide my lips let me communicate your truth effectively you know in a manner that aligns with what paul was trying to say help us to use your word correctly in Jesus' mighty name, amen. All right, so we started with this very, very, very amazing meander, or should I say flip of the subject on the screen right there. Romans 12 from verse 1. And I talked about how Romans 12 verse 1 is Paul's way of switching up the conversation. After building a strong thesis for the gospel, after showing generally how God had been working in time past through the Jews, for the Jews, ultimately for the world, and just trying to show the abundant mercies that we have all received, both Jew and Gentile. Paul has to, based on this. So I remember spending a lot of time last week just explaining Romans chapter 12 from verse 1. I beseech you, brethren, therefore, meaning I'm begging you. I'm really, really begging you guys. By the mercies of God. And I told you the mercies of God represents everything Paul had been teaching. We are all dead in sin and trespasses. We've broken God's law and God's commandments. But God has brought us back himself by the blood of Christ in the name of Jesus by faith in him. 
the whole message in romans is just talking powerfully about so we looked at the mercies of god as forgiveness we looked at it as his active sanctifying work in us but not only that that he has raised us up in christ that we have right standing with him but we are also not just servants in it but we are siblings fellow heirs with christ that's deep stuff <coughs> that's big stuff because paul said you know i you know i um we we are joint heirs with christ if we suffer with him and we also enter into his glory we also together with him so we share more than just a, a a casual bond we are siblings spiritually full sense of that so when he says by the mercies of god that's why that based on everything i've told you therefore present your bodies a living sacrifice and i explained what it means to present your body it's your whole self but it says a living sacrifice and i explained what is sacrifice look a sacrifice is a um rep- is representative like i said in jewish tradition of an animal that was brought for to be offered for you so there was the sin offering there was the burnt offering different offering in the early days of and when he said present your bodies a living sacrifice he's referring to a sacrifice that is alive in a practical sense that it's alive but then not only is it alive when it comes as a sacrifice keeps on and there's a powerful oxymoron here because a sacrifice is not always alive right you kill animals that's the whole idea so when he says living sacrifice that's a clear trying to bring to you the idea of selfless surrender when you bring sacrifice to the altar in those days you kill the animal and the animal is dead it has no will of it which is the idea behind a believer's um and i said that i mentioned this in passing but i I really want to re-emphasize that there is no what what we often find the church calling the altar to so when you go to church you're like ah don't go to the altar that place is special it's hallowed there's really no altar today uh, if there is an altar it is a place where people sacrifice that's what it was i've also thought that the word worship is not psalms and music right it's not um slow paced sound that you hear in church and then after worship is praise and the drums are loud that's not what worship worship in the mind of the early um jews was very clear it was sacrificial and it was an animal that was brought literally that was what worship was you bring an animal sacrifice it unto and god accepts it that was and so we need to understand that very much um i want to pause and just say please make sure you're distracted we're going into very very important I'm begging you like Paul is begging you. This is literally how you ought to. This is what Paul is. This is how your life should. So he says, present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And I explained that reasonable service means it's the only thing you can that makes sense. If God has done all this for you, then your response should be this. Like, it's logical. It's a logical response. That's the meaning of reasonable service. And service here is worship, the same word. And what do we know as worship? Sacrifice. So everything is intertwined, all right? So I'm just, this is still recap. We're about to move on to see what the instructions are. I said that in summary, how do you do this? If you're asking the question, how can I offer my body in sacrifice here? You don't start with the body. The mistake a lot of people are trying and making and 
you're not supposed to start with your body. If you want to fix the problem of a selfish life that is not surrendered to, if your focus is on the body, you'll fail. Which is why a lot of people have tried to stop certain and they try to only fix physical aspects. So, oh, okay, because I'm tempted with stealing, I will not um, go to certain stores so that I will not feel tempted. Or because I have temptations with alcohol, I will not go to the bar. So I'm staying away from Those are beautiful things. Those are acts of consecration. But if that is all you are doing, or if that is the focus of your mind or of your whole being is to avoid those things, then you miss the point because the real solution is with the mind, renewing your mind so that it tells you, first of all, what what is the problem of alcoholism? Let that let that appear to you. If if the issue is um, porn addiction, the first place to fight it mind. You have a lot of work to do in the mind. Let your mind be re- first of all the awareness of how despicable this thing is, how unreal it, you know, how um, dissatisfactory it can be, and the potential problems that come along. And so, based on that knowledge, and also renewing your mind to not just removing what um, hitting what is evil, but loving what is good. Then you start to see your body. And that's what you find with anyone who has been able to say boldly that, oh, I've overcome this or I've been through this and I've come on the other side of it. It's always a mind renewal. There's always a, there is always, I used to believe this, but now I believe this. So if you've not had that change, scripture is too. And it doesn't just apply to addictions. It applies to every aspect of your life. So if we're talking about being transformed by the mind. We're talking about literal. If you've listened to a lot of teachings, you've heard of the word trans. The word is metanoia, change from one form, literally. So the pictorial representation in my mind or in the mind of some people, there was um, a lot of people that were teaching this earlier. They would use the, ex- the, the example of the caterpillar that becomes a butterfly. It's literally trans- changed its form, but it takes a... Pr- so that's what... Paul is being transformed by the renewing. Notice a continuous verb. You're renewing and renewing and renewing your mind. When you do it effectively, what will be the result? You'll be able to prove the will of God. You'll be able to discern the will of God and show it. What is the good? What is the acceptable? And what is the perfect will of God? Some people have taught that there is the good will of God. There is the acceptable will of God. And there's the perfect will of God. But I don't think that's what Paul is trying to say here at all. How many of you have heard that? Let me be sure. They'll, they, they'll teach you that there's the will of God. There's a good one. There's the acceptable. So it's like, oh, this one is the good will of God. God said I should marry this guy. So, or now, this is the acceptable will. I married him. I cannot leave. I'll just, God will accept that. So, or, and then the perfect will is, ah, I found the man. The man, bone of my bone. <laughs> you know, different ways they've taught these things. And that's just... Um, that is very careless interpretation. So what is he saying? The word and needs to be understood. I mean, from a normal English language perspective, you guys understand when I say um, the, um, the president and commander of the armed forces. Am I mentioning to? No. <laughs> it's the same person. He's the president and he's also the um, commander of the armed forces. So when you see and, sometimes and may mean A and B. And could also mean A, which is also A, all right? So th- that's um, super important that you, you, can have it, you can have it where it says A and B, which is the common case, or A and A, which A 
which is also so when he says good and acceptable and perfect will of god he's not saying three different things he's saying good which is the acceptable and perfect in other words you are proving what is the good will of god which is the acceptable will of god which is what god accepts remember we just read it in the previous verse um that there is a reasonable service that means the service that makes sense to god that is what acceptable to god so we can equate these two texts and say i beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of god that you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy right and acceptable to god which is your reasonable service that reasonable service is the will of god um the presenting of your bodies as a living sacrifice is the will of God. Is it not the will of God? That's what God wants. So when he says acceptable to God, that's what he's referring to. So it flows to verse 2. He's repeating, how would you do this? Don't conform to the world. <clears throat> renew your mind. Because as you renew your mind, you will now actually prove fully, truly what that will of God is. The acceptable will of God, which is the perfect will. Offer yourselves perfectly living sacrifice. So that's really what it's saying. And... You can look at um, another translation that simplifies it and you get that it's just saying the same. So NLT says, Romans 12 2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you new person by changing the way you think. Then, as a result, you will learn to know God's will for you. What is God's will? It is the good, pleasing, and perfect will. Does that make sense? So the will of God is pleasing. It's perfect. One thing defined and expressed in so that's what that text is all right hope we're still together then paul is now about to talk more about what ministry and we're going to go into a few read them together and what paul is um okay i'll bring this up later but let's continue verse three for i say through the grace of god given to me through the grace given to everyone who is among you not to think of themselves more highly than he ought to but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of... Aren't we always often tempted like to think of ourselves as higher than... And you see, this is still in line with renewing your mind. Don't, don't detach Paul's team, the previous verse. He just talked about renewing your mind. So in your mind right now, you should be thinking, these are the things to change. So we have a tendency to perceive ourselves as being better off than others. That's a natural tendency in us. So, especially when you are guilty of something and then you hear it on the news that somebody did this and you say, ah, we thought, we thought it was a great person. See, see what he ended up doing. But when you check your life, you just don't have that platform or that exp- um, publicity, but you are also as guilty as that person. And many times you, 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 we tend to judge ourselves based on how other people are being judged. We don't judge ourselves based on God's standard. We're like, oh, I'm just, I'm better than this person, so I must be good, right? I mean, and that's the whole point of the gospel. The gospel says you cannot be, you, you are you are good in your own eyes, but who wants to be the better person that went to hell, right? <laughs> you get, like, the competition is is not, I want to be better than the, the next person. Like, I, I mean, if, you, if everybody got F, you got 49, somebody else got, you're in the same category, you both failed. Now, if you go ahead and you boast and say, well, I had a 49. If 49 is F, you are still a failure. No offense, but you get like when it comes to being real and factual with yourself and one thing you must do is bow in reality. If this is where you are, don't allow other people to paint a picture 
Also, which is something that will be addressed some other time, when you picture yourself lower than you should, like extremely lower than you actually are, that is also a wrong. I think I've taught on this when I was teaching on pride. Pride is not only yourself higher, like high, more highly, but also think more lowly. So it's you are somewhere you can do something, right? Have, have you seen people that be like, <laughs> I've seen this a whole lot. I'm like, ah, can you sing? You say, ah, I can't sing, like, I, I, right? And then you give them the microphone, and it's like Beyonce or Mariah, my, my, hey, Mariah Carey is singing or something. Like, ah, ah, where did they get this voice from? And he said he could not sing. And you just realize that, sorry, you just realize that a lot of people have a sense of false humility. Like, that's not what humility looks like. Humility is knowing what you, where you are and being, not necessarily being okay with where you are, but being honest about where you are. That's true. That's why every time Jesus said who he was, he was not boastful. He was humble because he was saying who he was. If he had said, oh, I'm less. We know Jesus is not less. Jesus is the son of God. If he had done that, then we'll have a template on how to, to be humble like him. But his humility was was by saying what he was. <laughs> so uh, it's it's something that we need. A lot of us have this idea that if we just diminish ourselves. Like now I'm learning a lot more. When people say, Ernest, you are good at this. If I know I'm good at it, I say thank you. I accept the compliment. But I know I don't want to generalize, but a lot of ladies... I like your hair. Oh, I just, I don't even know. I just put a uh, Like we have this way of always trying to explain <laughs> the things that we already have. You know, if your hair is nice and they say, wow, you have beautiful hair. Just say, thank you. Thank you so much. And look for something to compliment in them as well. Not that you are trying to defend. I don't even know what you are trying to do. But back to this topic. G- um, Paul is trying, exactly. Don't shall I? Paul is trying to tell us he's an apostle. <laughs> He's an apostle, right? And because he's an apostle, he has received grace to do what he's doing, to instruct, to correct. And so he says, because through the grace given to everyone who is among you, don't think of highly. So I've talked about seeing yourself more lowly than you should. But there is also the instruction, the most important instruction over, give yourself a, I think I heard this from Rosaline some days back, that one of the prayers you should pray is, Lord Prevent me from stepping into specific pedestals that my character can. And it was it was really profound to me because a lot of people get into positions they are not ready for. And you know the the everything is out there. They are public. You know they are very very. Which is why some of you that know me very closely, right? You know how much I fought the idea of being a pastor. You know. And it was something I just kept like, I just want to be doing the Lord's work. I've seen what the Bible says about what a pastor must do and all of those things. And whenever someone is put in a position of more responsibility, one thing that must catch up to that is your character. Like if your character is not yet developed, you have to invest in it. Like right now, if you're in a position where all you are is the leader of a small group or something, right now, I don't even, I, I'm still... I still highly consider myself, you know, a, let me just be careful so that it, I won't be breaking what I said I should, um, but I still know that there's a lot of learning to do. Like a title does not define you and your current position also doesn't, you know where you are and you must be honest with yourself so that when you are put in a position and you are tempted to start seeing yourself more highly than you should, you are humble enough to say, I'm not there yet. 
and I'm going to allow character to grow. I'm going to allow maturity, man, right? But how should you think? Paul says, think soberly. Why? Because everyone has been dealt a measure. I like specifically on this verse. I like how the amplified breaks. Okay, I think NLT. NLT. Okay, NLT can work. So look at this. It says, because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Is a warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your. Is as if this guy had me. I'm joking. Be honest in your evaluation of yourself. Listen, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. So King James makes it sound like um, everyone has been given a different level of. That's not what he's saying. He's talking about the faith that we've received. Remember, the word faith can be defined as... There, there are three ways you can see the word faith. Pay attention to this. This is important. The first one is the faith. So we are Christians. We belong to the Christian faith. How many of you heard that before? You belong to the Christian faith. So your belief system can be the word to still be translated in the Greek as, but it is referring to a different thing in that context. So there's the Christian faith. So when the Bible says, earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered to the saints, Jude is saying, earnestly contend for doctrine, the faith system that you have. Fight for that. Then there is the second use of the word faith, which is faith, like active charismatic faith, believing something right and that is if you shall say to this tree um mountain be that removed but that shall not doubt in your heart but believe that's the verb there faith to believe something to have faith when jesus was oh you of so great faith right great is your faith you are healed because of that that's the second kind of faith it's active it's you're acting on the third one is mostly used in the context of salvation stroke ministry so you see things about like the gift of faith in operation for ministry you see where the bible talks about faith generally as um how you've moved from kingdom of darkness to their son so instead of it being charismatic it is more like putting your faith in so those are the three contexts generally that you see the word faith. and here it's more towards the the use here is more of the ministry stroke salvation content which is why i wanted you to, this is not like you know um faith where it's like the the belief system of it because that won't make sense is there a measure of the doctrine so that's not what it's talking. but what you see clearly here is that it's referring to faith as being aligned with ministry which is what he's talking about everyone has been given dealt measure of not a measure of faith like vicky has two percent um Toyosi has five percent no it's talking about you've all been dealt faith. Like you have, this is something God has given by his salvation, all right? This is something you received and come into. So when he says, be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, meaning um, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given you. It's like gauging yourself, not by any achievement of yours, but by your standing in God. Does that make sense? Your standing in your, in being, it's so hard to explain some of this. But you're standing in Christ, which came to you by belief. That's what it means that being dealt the measure of faith in King James. That's what this says. I think maybe um, now some of you will be wondering, how do I know which one gets it? It's because I've looked at what the Greek says, compared it with a few other texts to see if it's, it, it stands, right? So that's that's how I know what to... Um, <coughs> some of these ones will just make it sound like um, judge yourselves according to the amount of faith God gives you. But you get lost. Like, okay... How do I judge myself based on the amount of faith 
God gives. Like, is there a way to measure this? And you, we may miss the point. But the, the phrase measure of faith just refers to God giving you a measure of his right. So, so let's continue so we don't get too entangled. But I hope that explanation makes sense. So it's not... Um, when he says God has dealt to each one a measure of faith, he's not talking about you have more faith, you have small faith, you have big faith. He's just talking about everyone has received like faith. Oh, I have, beautiful. Pause. I have a verse that to prove my point. Um, like the first, uh, is it like first Peter two, first second Peter one? Yeah. Uh, yes. Ah, thank you, Jesus. This is the Holy Spirit, though. There's no other way I remember this text. I've not read it in a while. Second Peter chapter one from verse one. So look at this. Simon Peter, a bond servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained. So he's writing to who? Those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus. By the way, this verse is a powerful proof text. Of, it says, by our God and Savior. And and here is you, not in the conjunctive sense, um, agreement sense. So God and Savior, one, one and this, all right? Um, but it says, to those who have received like precious faith with us, meaning God has granted you what we have received, um, salvation that comes. So that's what he's talking about. Does this make it clearer? So he's talking in, in um, Romans chapter 12 from verse 3 that God has dealt to everyone a measure of faith. Use that standard to measure yourself. Let that be where you should. And then he goes ahead to say specifically because this is dealing with ministry. Verse 4, verse 5, verse 6. We have to read them together and just see what he's saying. So you understand that we've received so many things because of our faith. So that's what we should use as our measure. Don't think of yourself highly, more highly than you ought to. Humble yourself, be sober, because what you've received is not greater than what another person. You're all in the same like faith. It's like prayer. But because we are in a body, we're not all going to perform the same way. It's the same blood flowing through your body, right? But not every part of your body does this. So Paul is going to show us that distinction. That in the body of Christ, so he says, for as we have many members in one body, let me do some children class tests. Where's your head, your shoulder? <laughs> this is a good, good way to teach children. You, you know, and you know sometimes when they say touch your toes, you touch it, touch your elbow, and they, you know, they'll trick you. You touch. But anyway, we have different parts of our bodies. And just the same way that operates in real life, we have the same system in the church of Christ. Remember, the church is called what? The body of Christ. That metaphor is a powerful. It means that we all are from the same bloodline, same family. Same, we have the same source, but different expressions. So we've all received the measure of faith, but we have different expressions as a result of being a member of being members. Of, all right. So he says, but all the members do not have the same function. So we being many, we are many we are all one body and individually members of i love that so we are one body in christ collective but individually we are not we're not separate we are we are connected individually to other people there is that symbiosis or let me use the word communion that's where we get the word koinonia we have koinonia with it. we have fellowship with so we are joint parts i'm a joint part with um praise goodness and maybe someone in in Kazakhstan, Keshav, that I've never met in my life. We are one body. And it says, having then gifts 
differing according to the grace that was. So notice now we're switching up. Grace is now interchanged with faith <laughs> in a sense. So you, 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 can, you can see what Paul is doing here. He's playing with these words because they all refer to your salvation. You were saved by what? Grace through faith, right? Are we, are we together? We're saved by grace to one and it's, it's really just playing with different words, interchanging different words for the same. So having then di- gifts different according to the graces given to us, let us use. So if, if you, what you have, Vicky, is prophecy and you excel at prophecy, let us prophe- prophesy based on the faith. We've, that's what he says. Next, if it is ministry, and when he says ministry here, um, it doesn't mean like ministry, like church. When you think, think of it more like um what's it called administration right so administrative duties like to serve so ushering let's bring it home ushering department sanitation department um welfare anything that has to do with serving the needs of people so people are uniquely gifted with right so it just it just comes naturally to them and that thing that came naturally is actually a supernatural um gift when it comes to so you may see someone that is trained in HR, right, in the real world, but doesn't really know how to do anything HR in because it's not a gifting. That's true. So people are uniquely gifted. They just love people. And that's it. By the way, I should pause here and say, when you notice things that you are very, um, you find a str- you have a strong predilection for, it's a good sign of where God might be to serve in the church. Because, I mean, your hand doesn't think too much to be a hand. So when you excel in a particular thing, it's a good pointer. For example, I've had a lot of people tell me, Ernest, you teach well. So what do I do with that? And this is way back when I didn't even know what I was saying. <laughs> so, so it's not like you have to get to a point of training and it's like, no. But it's like, I've always had that idea or that, that, um, that unique desire to simplify things. I want people to get things. So because I've always had that, I just know that that might just be where I'm the most. Some people, it's just loving people. This person, what's wrong? And you don't know why you are different. Why other people are not calling people the way you call? Have you ever felt that way? Like, why are people not thinking the way I think about some? They are not gifted in that area. You might be. Oh, someone said Dara. That's so true. That's our gifting, actually. It's, it's, it's ministry. So it says, if, if you are a, if it is serving or ministry, let us in our ministry. That's he who teaches. Let him use it in teaching. I think there's one thing we may miss here. Who can tell me what, what people are missing here very very clearly? Let me just say, you can't be... Some people read the first part, but they don't do the second, right? Because Paul is literally instructing, if this is your gift, use it. And that's what a lot of Christians are not doing. You're just waiting for the opportune moment where somebody will just ordain you or call you and, and just supernaturally get you to do something. Let me give you a very, very... Um, you know, interesting example, just because it's closer to, I, I'm currently a pastor in Celebration Every single pastor that was ordained Celebration Church US, they have been doing the work of ministries. It's not like all of a sudden they were just on their own and they're like, bam, now you're a pastor. Now you start doing those things. No, it has always been there. Pastor Okpe, who is like the lead pastor of CCI USA. Tikpe, tikpe. <laughs> I've been teaching the word of God. I, I was one of the people that was um, you know, in a sense, was being discipled by him. Not directly, but we had times back then, right? These are, these are veterans. So if you don't start now, and maybe yours is teaching, 
and you don't find opportunities to at least find two or three children in, in children's department and teach them, like use your gifts. If it is to love on people, love them. If your own is encouraged, I know someone on this, I know one person that, that I think might flow very well a lot. This area is Toya C. Maybe she doesn't know, but I've observed it. It's in, in, in encouragement. And sometimes the things that we go through may, you know, shield our eyes from seeing what we are very good. So you have to look beyond, like, the things that are affecting the troubles you are going through and look beyond that and say, what, what is my gifting, right? So if your ministry is to minister to people, to bless people, let him do that. If you have any gift, this, let me tell you what BMG is really ultimate. It's supposed to be a platform for you to step on and step out. Literally, you come in. If, if we see anything is in you, we're going to push it out. We want to make sure that it is being used. If we don't know what it's allow you to flow and figure out anything. Because a lot of people also have that question. How do I know what I'm Just give it time. Just be in the gathering of the body of Christ. That's the first thing. Don't be in You need a church. Right? That's very... You need other brothers and say body. If your hand was separate from your body, it would never know. What it is when it is in your body that you know it is for picking things. All right? Look at other gifts. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. Me, I, I, this one, I'm, you need to understand that all these things, you may be specially gifted in, but as a decent Christian, you should be able to, right? So at a point, I thought very good at it. I think I still, but I've seen some encouragers that gift, that's like, they are, that's all they are, that's what they are. So it encourages me to be better at it, but we need to get better at a very good. It's just something they are naturally, so that they will excel and grow. If it is contributing to the needs of others, there are some people where, they are just good at general. See, they don't want to hear anything. If they hear somebody is people that will call and say, like, do you get it's leadership? So people are just good at leadership. People listen to them. They don't need to do anything extraordinary. They says, let him. And then this one is one of the, it's very interesting. It says, if it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. What does showing mercy? Really, it's just the same idea of vitality. So it's not like some people should forgive and other people should not forgive. No, the Bible commands all belief. You have so that showing mercy is just Paul's way of it's just like being kind, basically, is what is what is there. So he says in verse 9, let love be without hypocrisy, let it be sincere. This is this is one of the things that is ravaging our society today. Love is not genuine anymore. It's just I, I say I love you and it's just words. Paul is instructing us. See, the reason he's instructing us goes back to you must renew your mind. It's not natural. All, <laughs> all these things are not natural. These are things that you must be instructed to do. It's, it's natural to your new man. But because you are renewing your mind, your, your mind has to make your body catch up with. That's what your mind. The mind is the interface. That's why if you are going to do God's will, it must happen in your Have you noticed? You must decide and must do God's will. Then you go to this or decide or not decide with your that's the middleman. So if you fix the middleman, you'll find yourself going to the spirit more often. So if he tells you love must be sincere, he's telling you, tell your mind that if I am loving someone, I have to do it genuinely. It has to be real, it must not be hypocrisy. I must not love them in person and in their absence. Or show them so much kindness when they are present. And then behind their back, I'm telling people bad stuff about that's not. And then he goes ahead to say, hit what is into what is. I feel like this is the kind of text you want to hang somewhere in your house permanently. Just type it somewhere. Create, if you, some of you that attended my Canva, you are here. 
you know, design a Canva flyer, make it your, your, you know, just, just remind yourself as often as you, this text, you, you need to hate what is, let me say it bluntly. Homosexuality is evil. God hates it. Are you hearing me? God hates it. You have to hate it too. It's evil. It's evil. Cling to what is good. So you are not just hating evil. You must love what is good. You must find what is good and love it. Philippians 4 says there are certain things to things that are virtuous, good, good reports, right? If there be any praise, anything that is virtuous, those are the things. Philippians 4 8. Think on this. So that's the same instruction here. Cling to what is good. And then he tells us. In the same vein, be devoted to one another in both. These are instructions of the apostle, right? Devote yourselves to another, one another. Love each other. Let it be genuine. Let it be real. It's not always the easiest. I know. It's hard. Especially when somebody does something very wrong. The instruction is, and then honor one another above you. Give people preference. Like, it's in God, we are allowed to give preferential treatment to our brothers. and Treat other people as valuable. Treat other people as honorable. If you find yourself, you know, always thinking about your, what would this situation, if that's your first thought pattern, then you need to go back to verse two, renew your mind. You're not the center of the universe. The truth is when you love people genuinely, when you serve people, what ends up happening is served. There's a parable that says water and you will be watered. It's just, it's just the way life works. Some people call it karma. God created the world. He's the one that put this. When you show genuine love to people, it will come back. It may not come back the way you expect it. All those secret acts of generosity, it's just a life principle. It will come back when you need it. The instruction is devote yourselves to devote. When he says be devoted to one another in brotherly love, devotion means a lead, support one another. And, and on this honor subject, what you will find out is when you honor people, and it's something I've been teaching, training myself on recent, um, I mean recently and a few moments back. Like there's some people that I have, God, I've had the privilege to hear specific information about them that is not so good. Like, I mean, like really bad stuff of people that should not be. And it shook me like, ah, why? How? You know, that's the normal tendency. But one thing you must learn to be devoted to one another. And one another doesn't mean anybody. Brothers and sisters in Christ. We must love each other. We must protect us. Now, remember, the balance here is what? Hate what is evil. So don't go and support the evil they did no support them try to restore them show them the love that they desire that they deserve all right because christ loved them when they were still but keep that on no matter what they do honor them in your mouth you know i'm guilty of a lot of things that i may have said out of just as a joke i was like ah that one is that one serious but those kind of things diminish us, and that's not what god wants us our lives are only, they are solely, our lives are solely explained. Like, uh-uh, Vicky, this person did this to you, yet you still love them. You're not normal. That's good. That means you are doing the will of God. Ruth, are you serious? Are you going to take that nonsense? She stepped on your toes. Are you going to take that? Yes, it's fine. <laughs> like, why? You're, you are so, you know, you don't have, you don't have, how they say, you don't have bone. You don't have, uh, there's a way they say it. It's your body that is coming to, but like, you don't have resistance you cannot prove that's fine jesus did not and we're supposed to look so this is this is how we ought to think and i'm going to end with the common powerful that you've heard in not lagging some of you are feeling guilty right now if you understood what we just read because king james says not slothful in business right so you may miss the point oh slothful in business i don't have business so (laughs) i'm not running a business so i I can't be the whole idea is not slacking so 
one mark of the is one mark you must be working you must be doing something you cannot be idle and what that must follow is fervency stay ablaze. remember i see it, it goes all back to serving the lord your reasonable service of offering yourself as a living sacrifice so full circle you see that moving forward is just mostly but i really want to challenge truly instruct if the if paul says love one another strive to do it it's in your nature to do it you have the whole everything paul is saying you should do now two way two reasons why you can number one you've seen the mercies of god that should draw you and push you and secondly you you're not helpless. You're not helpless. So if God says forgive, if he says love, you love. If he says hate what is evil, even though the culture says no, this is not evil. If God says it's evil, you must hate it and you must stand by your hatred for that thing. Love the people involved. Be devoted to one another. Seek to restore them. But make sure in all of this you are showing. So that's where we'll be seeing Romans 12, 11. We'll continue next week. See more instructions. Get more edified. All right. Let me... um pray real quick if you have any questions let me know but let's pray father in the name of the lord jesus thank you for a timely instruction to our hearts to be reminded that we belong to you that we serve you and you um and that our allegiance will present our bodies in sacrifice help us lord we want your help we are helpless without you if we try to do these things ourselves we will fail blatantly but lord we ask humbly that you will help us by your spirit to love people unconditionally, to put ourselves lower than others, to honor others above us, to give glory to God anytime we experience any or any support from that we'll, we will not look to ourselves. We will find our satisfaction, our strength, our hope. In Jesus mighty name. Amen. Amen. That was an awesome meal. Thank you for joining us as we studied the word of God. If you would like to join the actual World Dinner Sessions live on Fridays, you can visit the link bmg.disha.page. It's always on Fridays, 9pm West African time. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at bmg.global and see you when next it's dinner time.